Are we on? Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Underwater Sunshine Night 2. Thank you guys so much for coming out. I'm Barbara. This is Zoe and our amazing team that makes this happen. Um, and as you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for amazing sponsors. So I just want to say a couple things. Um, we have the uh, Musicians Treatment Foundation, which is an amazing network of uh, orthopedic surgeons which take care of musicians when they encounter shoulder surgery or anything like that and work with their insurance to make sure that they're able to keep the music playing when they don't have any insurance or enough insurance. Most musicians are at the poverty level with income, so it's important. Um, and we also have Distill, who's doing this amazing bourbon experience next door. And we have this amazing underwater sunshine bourbon that you'll probably be able to order online. It's like a collector's item type deal. Um, and I also want her to talk about some other sponsors that we have. Um, Owen Van Nata at Prefix is a great friend of the festival. He's been sponsoring us from the beginning. Um, he's not here tonight, but we're so grateful for him. Um, also, Elise Winery, if any of you have had a chance to, to taste some of that, it's delicious. Um, they've sponsored us, and they've given us a lot of wine, and we've been Probably enjoying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, um, some of you participated in the contest for sharing pictures online of your experience last night, and we love looking through those. Um, we have two winners, and uh, let me double check because I forgot. Um, one of them was Mary Murder. Um, Woo! Yeah. So much support for Mary Murder. Yep. Thank you guys yes. so much. And the other was, one second, uh, Brian DB. Are you here? No. Okay. So then Brian, uh, the other winner was M Cam NY. Okay, that's Woo! you. That's you. All right. So come pick up your gift bags at the merch table after the podcast is over. Okay. Thanks, guys. And the next thing, we're going to have some very special people come on stage and do a podcast. They are going to do a Q&A with y'all. There's going to be a line right here with um, a mic, and we'll be fielding some questions, and you'll be able to ask them questions directly. But without further ado, we have um, – oh, they'll be coming, I'm sorry, to, to Zoe, and she'll field the questions and get you taken care of. Um, but then we have James Campion and Adam Duritz, and they'll be coming to the stage and doing this right now. Thank you all so much for your support. Seriously high fucking maintenance, man. <laughs> Everybody wave. Yeah. <laughs> all right. He isn't normally at all, but this chair thing. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a chair It's got to be comfortable. So we should talk a little bit about what – first of all, thank you all for making this a great weekend. Uh, Adam and I were stunned at the crowds here last night. Really, it was magnificent, and the performances were equal to the task. It was great, and couldn't do it without you guys, and – when Adam had asked me... Let's just point out that we definitely couldn't do the crowd without you. Yeah, we couldn't. <laughs> to begin with. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. Thanks, nice shirt. So when, when Adam had asked me to do the podcast, he had an idea of sharing music and discussing music, something that we were doing when we first started working together. And um, I never knew it would be... I couldn't have envisioned this. And what he has done, and Barbara, Zoe, and Felipe, and... 
Lindsay and everybody who works on this thing to put this together, and now with 30 bands in three rooms, it's pretty impressive. So Yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, is that, I, I mean, I heard a lot of people, you know, and, and it grants a lot of friends of mine who are musicians that are playing, and uh, a lot of thanks, but it really is a team. When we decided to do Underwater Sunshine, we really wanted to, what if we got together and we all did this, and we all took like roles and jobs and we and we really tried to do them you know and then when we did it once we took notes about where we screwed up where we dropped the ball and we tried to fix those next time you know complicated things as much as like let's take more pictures backstage and before things so we add them for social media to don't forget to get the fucking piano tuned adam uh <laughs> Like, but in every way, we you know what would happen if we just did this as a team and everybody contributed and and we tried to get it better each time and really do it. And I think you know last night, I don't know that any of us really. Ex- I mean, you hope for stuff like that, but people do things all the time and work really hard at it and don't have people respond to it. And especially in the music business, one thing that you feel over and over again as a musician and artist nowadays is people not responding at times to things because. It's not the same world it was like when I started out about getting whatever you wanted from an audience or from uh, a buying public. But we, you know, we really tried to do that stuff. And I, I want to bring it up because there was a lot of people who did that. Uh, Barbara, this all began at Barbara's wedding when some a bunch of us got together and decided that we really missed doing this together. And Barbara and I specifically had long talks about it. And uh, she's every bit my partner in this. And takes care of there it would be impossible without Barbara there there's we could not possibly do this stuff you know, uh, yeah. there are so many balls in the air all of which Barbara keeps her eyes on and it's it's a huge it's a huge deal uh James and I work on the podcast together James does some writing uh Zoe does some writing uh and runs all our social media which was like a mess uh, in the other one, in, in, we didn't have much of that before, and and uh, and Katie and Andy and Charlie, James and Zoe all wrote. I think that's everybody who wrote, because when we it seemed like a great idea to go from eighteen bands to thirty bands or wherever we ended up with. But the truth is, when you're putting out a weekly essay, thirty bands is you know it's it's more than seven months worth of every week someone writing an essay. And, you know, that that was a ton of work for those guys that we didn't I didn't think of that when we did it. It just seemed like a great idea to move to Rockwood and have all this opportunity to book more artists. But it took a ton of work. Uh, You know, uh, Felipe took over doing the art design and designed these incredible posters and T-shirts, you know, which is kind of a dream of mine in a way because he's my favorite artist for such a long time. Felipe. Uh, Felipe Molina. And uh, he's done so much work for Counting Crows, but to have him take the sort of iconography that Frank Germano originally invented for uh, or created for Underwater Sunshine and then turn it into this this thing. To go from the uh, – oh, I wish I could remember his name right now. He's such a great artist. Dude, the artwork for the cover of the record, that the man with the light bulb head kind of thing, and then to turn it into Frank's version of it. And now I see Felipe's uh, – and, and Felipe and, and his son Diego, who took over a lot of the design and the, the website work along with Lindsay, uh, who who – put the you know the website together and did so much of the work for it uh that it began with frank as well and and it, well, you can see by all these people it's a ton of work and uh look i'm at this point 25 years into being a famous fuck 
I, you know, I, I'm going to get a lot of the credit for this stuff. But at least for the people here today, you should know there's a lot of people who, who took part in this. And the reason, like, we were all shocked by last night. The fact that, like, it was fucking hard to move around in here. You know, it was just there were so many people bulging out of this club. It was just like watermelon seeds squirting out into the street. Uh, that it, I was trying to get – I did get to every set last night. But at a certain point in the middle of the night, there was – you know, the order went – one to two to three and then to one again and there was no way to get from stage three to stage one through here at one point without taking i had to go around the block a bunch of times i because i i wasn't going to make it in time for the next band and i had to introduce them and i got to this room and i I just wasn't getting anywhere and i'm like fuck i turned around went out there and went around the block and the next two times i didn't even bother trying to go through the room uh but that kind of thing happened because all of us jeez i hope to shit i didn't forget somebody and i'm sure i did didn't i I did say Lindsay. Diego. We talked about Lindsay. Yes, I mentioned Lindsay. I talked about uh, Diego. Diego too. Yeah, Diego. Jesus, Immer. <laughs> yes. Could just do something you. off Lindsay. the top of his head. And Lindsay. Yeah, we got you, Lindsay. Because That's Immer's here, and yep. because of Immer, I just really wanted to do something other than playing my band. Um, <laughs> no, that's Emmer, not true. Look. Did I talk about everybody? I think I did. I, I hope I did. It's such a th- in this sort of situation. The other wonderful thing about it, I've noticed this when you're doing thank yous on records, is that thank yous on records aren't an exercise in thanking the people that helped you and the people that love you. They're an exercise in terror because you know you're going to forget someone and they're going to be obnoxious about it and never forgive you. Uh, and I feel right now like I'm doing thank yous on an album, which is not what I meant to do. Uh, but anyways. Th- that spiel is longer than it meant to it's be. It's a good spiel, though. I'm a talker. I you. <laughs> I'm gonna put this down now. So I just want us to get back to the podcast for a moment. When when uh, and that it, it's a reflection of what goes on here. So Adam's big thing for me, he always used to say, "You don't know what you don't know in music." There's so much music out there. It's democratized now, and people don't have to get to a record uh, company or put something out. They could just put it up on SoundCloud or Spotify. And but it's so much out there. You don't know what's good. This is what has been most fun for me doing this podcast with him. I learn as much as anything else, and we get to geek out every week, something we love to do. And the second thing he always said to me was musicians and music writers, they just can't wait to jam the, le- the latest fun stuff down your throat over and over and over. You got to hear this. You got to hear this. And he made the great point that you don't really get that with actors or directors or other art forms. For some reason, musicians, music for something is you want to share it. That's what you want to do. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be on the radio because I was just so envious of DJs to get to play music for the first time, hearing a song for the first time. That guy's the coolest guy on the planet. And we get to do that in a way. It's kind of like a radio show. And yeah, what a job, man. You, you sit on your ass, you talk about, you listen to music. Let's see, I was going to be sitting on my ass listening to music anyways. Right. Uh, giving my Even after I stopped smoking pot, I was still going to be sitting on my ass listening to music. How do I get paid for this? And then I thought of the podcast, which, as it turns out, is no way to get paid no, for anything. Yeah, really. okay. uh, I will say, though, that's a great way to promote, for me, my work. I'm not a famous fuck. So um, I s- exponentially sold more books, got to be, as my friend Dan Byrne uh, coined the phrase, famouser, and got to meet all you guys. And for a writer, this is not what's comfortable for me, but... Um, I enjoy doing it so much when we get together. We just go. And a lot of people, the great thing you guys have been telling us, or me, this last day and and the last couple of festivals is it's like we're just hanging out with you. And that's exactly what we feel like. You know, it's just, it's a very comfortable place. 
uh, his place. We get together. We don't screw around. We don't talk almost at all until we run tape. And that's something he taught me when we were working on the book. Did you run tape? Like there was no banter because we thought there might be something there. So we try to get right into it with the microphones rolling. So really almost the first thing we'll say to each other is what you guys hear, I think. Right? Yeah. I mean I do think it's important. It's something we really try to – I mean Imer and I, it's words to live by when you're recording. So like turn the fucking tape machine on. You don't know what's going to happen, but you don't want to be talking later about how it would have been cool if you'd taped it. That is like – I've had that happen, and that's a way to make me hate you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, you're an engineer and you're, you say the words, wow, that would have been great if we taped it. I'd be like, wow, go away. <laughs> what was it in Europe? You said you went to Europe. You guys did uh, Anna Begins and you did know, an we amazing at, version of we're it. We were at the, the BBC guys- and we played this incredible – they were like, okay, ready to go. Yeah, so let's, let's try and run this. We ran this incredible acoustic version of Anna Begins. We've never played before that way. It was unbelievable. It was like – it was over, and I thought to myself, that's the best thing I've done. And the guy comes in, he goes, man, that was incredible. We should tape one now. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why we fought a revolution, fuckhead. <laughs> and he wouldn't do it. He didn't do another version of it. If I'm I, I did eventually, but I, was, I pouted for a good 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> the point needed to be made. Yeah. Yeah. But also, last thing I want to say, and then we'll take questions, but unless you have some other thing you would like to r- ramble on. Do you have anything ramble you want? On. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> so the last thing I was, gonna say, was going to say is that um, we, he, this guy does the best research. He complained the entire time of that six-part part Woodstock thing. In my mind, it was a two-parter. Two tops. This guy had books and tapes, and he almost bought the, the $800 version. You said you had to stop at that. I did, I did not buy that, and had I bought that, I would have killed you. <laughs> because and the thing I, about Woodstock is it, 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 was, it was a time in the world. A lot of things were going on, but a lot of people didn't even know they were going on because they were so fucking high. And... Uh, it's a three-day festival true. where everyone is so fucking high that also ran every day about ten hours behind. So there's a lot of time to get high, come down, get drunk, have a hangover, wake up, shoot heroin, and then wait another four hours and play a show. So there's a lot of shit there, you know. And I was like, when he said we should do Woodstock, I was just thinking, oh my god, the thought of sifting through all that garbage. But well, he did. Yeah, I know, and I'm still a little angry about it. <laughs> and it was great. Well, there I is because there's great stuff. stuff there, but there is a god awful amount of crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, nothing personal. These are brilliant musicians, but they are wasted, and it is late. You know, it's like you're going to go on at six in the morning. You're supposed to go on at nine at night. You know, and and you're a heroin addict. That just says do it wrong. You know. <laughs> There were gems in there, but I'll say, uh, bringing Emmer back into this, he was texting me while you were listening to it, and you're like, Credence is coming up, Dark Star. So we had one fan who dug that. No, I, I, I went and found. I went and found <laughs> on bootlegs. I found all those the Credence set. I found the entire Great Dead set. set. That was that. I regret. <laughs> I, I, I love the Grateful Dead, and I found every single song they played on one thing or another that didn't get erased by the power outages they caused, but. Not all of it was good, but some of it was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's wasted people on stage talking and thinking they're funny about being wasted while the audience just like, fucking hate you people. It's, it's muddy. It's been raining on us yeah. for three days. I've rained on myself. I've shit on myself. I've pissed on myself. And now you're talking. 
Uh, and the last thing I'll say is that the um, when we first started doing the podcast, we didn't. I mean, Adam says we didn't know what we were doing, but I don't think I knew. So he had something in his head. So we recorded like three or four of them, or a couple, and they, he kept saying these are terrible. And um, then the day that we recorded the first one, we didn't know that could have been another terrible one. Uh, that day, that afternoon, I was with these kids at my daughter's school, and this kid wrote this really beautiful thing about moving. Uh, how his parents are going to move and how sad he was. And that stuck with me because I moved a lot, and I knew from working with him on the book that that's a huge part of his music and his life. So that conversation, I think, kicked off, which is now, what, 83 episodes? Yeah, Yeah, it really was that conversation. We started just talking about the fact that we were moving and then playing music that, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't know if it had much to do with moving, but we just had these conversations about childhoods and lost parts of your childhood, and then we started playing music and... Yeah, Sir Fran Stevens, I think, is Let's one of the first things we played there. Take a moment to pat ourselves on the back. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we've got microphones, and it'll make a sound. Yeah. All right, so if you guys have questions, we really wanted to... <laughs> we want Let's answer specific some questions. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's no do that. No one's come. All right, Oh, no, you got to keep All right, up. And then I'll keep talking about... Yeah, come on. You have to have some questions. We have a mic here, so we can tape you, because we're taping this for an actual podcast, so we want to get you up to the microphone. Uh, yeah, here, give him the mic. <laughs> okay. Free form. At this right. point, I think we'll like, just go you ahead. Guys are like, like searching for music, like for the podcast or the uh, Underwater Sunshine. But I mean, is it a particular genre that you're looking for, or you know, what t- what type of music? Like, like when you're searching music, like new music that you're looking for, what what do you exactly look for? Well, for the festival, it, it started with. Uh, the first thing for the last couple of festivals I started with was Lindsay had made a playlist. And I just got started on that just to get me going. And there was a ton on that. I know Paper Compass was on that. Uh, Town Meeting was on that. But I'd seen Town Meeting before because she brought them to an Outlaw Roadshow. Um, and then I started going through all the uh, – there's a lot of things online that do uh, recordings of bands and film bands, Audio Tree, Paste, yeah. Wild Honey Pie. Uh, there's a few more. And I just started a tiny desk. Are you, are, like, would you be open to, like, uh, like, let's say, a fan or something? Like, if they had a certain list that they would, you know, just that you could, I mean, like, if I gave you a list, would you be interested in listening to it? Uh, or you could just say... Well, sometimes it just depends on the mood. Sometimes I just feel like spending, like, I, I will be there in the late morning watching audio tree sessions and... Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we do take a lot of submissions and suggestions, and also it's just kind of my fun thing to do, too. It's kind of like I, I just kind of want to wander around. But you can give us the list. Yeah, give her a list. Yeah. That sounds great, yeah. For instance, I think it's on Tuesday. There's a guy coming here. His name is Matt Woods. Not you know promote him or anything, but it's like... He's just a good artist that I think people should listen to. I don't really have any genre in mind, so that's cool to me. You know, we're just kind of like. I mean, like you can look at it and say, sure. check them out. All right. Not, you can just say, eh, I'll throw it away. Deal. You know, music is so. <laughs> deal, right? All right, thank you. Of course. You're welcome. It's such a subjective thing, so um, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know how many people are in here right now, 50, 60, I don't know. Uh, and how many times you've listened, or if you've listened to all the podcasts. There must be something in there you're like, nah, or whoa. And I, and I get that. I get that from uh, tweets and it's like, oh, my God, my, you know, this artist's changed my life and I just can't even believe it. 
and then sometimes we think so it doesn't even matter you know it, it, it everything is subjective when it comes to digging on music we just we this we won't play anything unless we really really love it on the podcast i think that's fair to say yeah i'm not really interested in talking about what i hate Never. Um, i think it can be funny and, and clever i don't want to write about that either. well no but seriously cuz it can be very fun and entertaining to talk about what sucks and you can well you read a it is. You like a lot of music criticism Banks. these days is about what sucks in as clever a way as just you know or a dismissive a way as you can find of being. But I, I don't really. I'm not interested in it at all. It's not that I like don't have things I don't like. But everyone's got like a sister. Everyone's got like a mom and friends, and they don't need to be. I, it doesn't help anything for me to tell you what I think sucks. I will tell you what I think is great because that gives you something to listen to. You know, I mean that that seems like useful but for musicians i think it's kind of what what james was trying to say before is music geeks musicians music writers really just want to shove down your throat something they like um and and i never i always kept it you know people send me music all the time um and the one good thing about being a contributing editor now in my late 50s of the aquarium is that in other magazines i write for i can pick what i want to write so i don't i'm not sent out to some place and i'm watching a band and i just know they're not doing it for me and I'm not going to write that. I would rather not. I just won't write about it. And so that's the way we are in the podcast. We're not going to uh, share something we don't. I Man, what's the point? We're celebrating I mean, music. It, when we do occasionally make a comment like that, we tend to cut it out. I'm pretty strict about that. It happened the other day with something, and I, I, I said when I was, we were editing it, and I said you got to take it out. Again, can't leave it in. Yeah, we should point that out. That how we do it is we tape it. Then I take it back, put the music in. Adam sends me the music, and then I send it to him, and he reviews it. And he is – I think the only thing we, we did cut out a little bit when we were talking about – you were a huge fan of the vocal styles in the Jefferson Airplane. But you, you felt like you belabored – We're you not going to talk mean. about what we cut out. Oh. That was the whole point of cutting it out. <laughs> That's right. We are taping this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, though, part of that was in the discussion. You – just stop now. Let's ask get more questions. Let's get a question. <laughs> We've got See a question. Out what it sounds like out. his head. We've got a question about trustworthiness. Yeah, like he's not trustworthy. Neither am I. Like for example, like years back, you didn't ask me anything on Reddit, and people just blatantly didn't believe it was you. Do you have an issue with sometimes reaching out to bands, but like? James, you're famous to me. I don't know, maybe you're famous or anything, oh. but you're famous to me. Thank you. But do you guys ever have an issue reaching out to artists that are up and coming and them just not believing that you are who you are, like thinking it's a scam or something? No, not anymore because I'm, I'm sliding into DMs from the Counting Crows <laughs> Instagram account. It's easy. You know, it's like uh, – or, well, I mean, I'll, that's not all the way I do it because sometimes we'll – you know, when I'm buying things on Bandcamp, I'll often just – because the nice thing about Bandcamp is you can actually send a note to the band when you buy something. I don't know if you know that. There's a little button you can click whenever you buy anything on Bandcamp. And you can send a note to the band just to say, I'm a fan. So I often do that. When I'm buying music on Bandcamp, it's just, it's usually an independent young band. And so I always send a note and say hi anyways. And they don't have to say anything. But, you know, it, if I'm talking about, you know, but they often do. And then we end up in a conversation. But sometimes it's just coming from Instagram, in which case it's kind of obvious. Yeah. What? Check mark. Yeah, that's true. Now yeah. there's a check mark. Yeah, I got that blue game. check mark. Thank you. Yeah, my partner also has an amazing memory for stuff. It's incredible. Um, I don't even know if you know this story. You might. So when I first interviewed him in 2008 for a cover story for the Aquarian, um, 
they, what normally happens with these things, unless you go and meet someone at a hotel or you meet the, you know, whatever, you usually do it over the phone. A PR guy gets on the phone or a woman and they say, hey, this will be Adam Duritz. They put me on the phone and I've been a fan of Karen Cross for years. I always make the point that that was the last favorite band of mine. You know, you always have those demarcations. And um, so I was really looking forward to this thing. And um, so Adam gets on the phone and I said, hi, you know, Adam's James Campion, the Aquarium Weekly. And he, he goes, James Campion, did you write a book called Deep Tank Jersey, which was my first published book? That's true. I sent him that book in the late 90s. I listened to two records when I was writing my first book. Uh, three. I listened to The Ninth Symphony by Beethoven. I listened to Tori Amos's um, uh, Little Earthquakes and August and Everything After. Yes, please, for Tori. And uh, so I sent a copy of Beethoven's Dead. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, but, but she's a huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> but Tori, Tori, Amos, Tori Amos is still alive. So I sent her a copy and I sent Adam a copy. And now he couldn't have – I mean this is 2008. It's like 10 years later. And he remembered that. And, and I get that now when I do stuff with him. He remembers people's names amazingly, dates. Uh, and that, that makes this so much fun for me because I like to challenge him. And he challenges me a lot. And I love that about the podcast. I, I, I think I don't remember anyone's name except for yours. I remember your name. Yeah. But <laughs> other than that, because it's I one of the nightmares names. of my job is meeting a lot of people and I can never remember anyone's name. But I make a lot of notes for myself because of the way my brain – I was going to say works, but it's not that word. It's not works. Um, I, I make a lot of notes for myself at times because I take notes on everything. I take notes on things that happened. I have personal history as a calendar setting so that I remember dumbass things that happened. Um, and notes. Anyways, notes, notes, notes. I'm just going to say that word a lot, and then I'm going to hit myself in the head with this again. Question. We got a question about vibe curation, which will, I think, give you an opportunity to talk about the community that you're trying to build here. What she said. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I mean, you know. You should get names. <laughs> yeah, go it's ahead. It's like uh, we have a question about a question, and uh, here's the question. <laughs> there it is. But, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been coming here since it started, uh, since Outlaw, uh, and you know, it's always just been like so many different types of bands going on, and it's not just folk, it's not just rock. I'm like fucking Cindy Lauper popped up at the last one, uh, and you know, just when you guys are getting all these bands together, um, particularly, I guess, like also putting them in a certain order at a certain time. Like, uh, are you guys super concerned with like, you know, with genres bumping up against the other or? Not for me. That kind I, of chemistry. It has come up at times. I don't think it's necessary to think of it. Uh, it sequencing is sequencing, just like sequencing a record. I don't think it matters with genre. Um, you just want to make it work in a row, and sometimes you just throw it in there, anyways. And I don't think there's not a lot of particular thought at times. We lost a few bands in the last week. We just slipped bands right into their spot that were very different. We had, I mean, we had a hip hop band in Black Lack, and that spot is, you know, pedal tonight, which is about as they're very yes. very different. Um, she was a cool and Stephen Kellogg filling in for it. Poor David Keenan. We yeah, the David best. Keenan got sick. Stephen Kellogg filled in. That's a little more similar, um, but it, to me, it didn't really matter. There, there's a bunch of great bands. There are all kinds of different things. It could be electric, acoustic. Uh, we've had headliners that played really loud. We've had headliners that played quiet. We've had headliners that played almost entirely instrumental music. Uh, you know, we we just kind of I don't worry too much about it. They're all really good. Um, I mean, sometimes we get into thinking about the order they should be in, but I also think that with a festival like ours, it doesn't have to be opener to closer kind of order. Like, you want a band to start that will crush. 
town meeting yesterday, not necessarily the youngest or the newest band, but they were they were incredible, you know. And like I, I do think it's important to have really good bands to start off your night to get things going. Like tonight, James and I, awesome. Um, and uh and, and like this we are fucking rocking right now. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing you want. Uh, Sean, who's following us, also awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing I was going to say. I love but the fact wait, that Let me just finish. No, please, please, please. But it doesn't matter because we were already awesome. Um, but he is awesome. And he's got Immer, which is oh, awesome. Yeah. But uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, but I was no. right in the middle of a joke and I had this little yeah, line coming. Yeah. So. My bad. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, that's the other thing is that I love the returning artists. Because these people have become friends of mine. I'm dear friends. But Matt Matt Susich, who was magnificent last night, absolutely magnificent. Stephen Kellogg, who's just you know, he first time I met Stephen, he did. He asked me, "How do you write a book?" That's the first thing he said. So we talked, and and throughout this whole period of him writing this book, uh, I've been part of it, and I I just love that. I love to help because I'm moved by his music. He inspires me, and I get to write it. I wrote a, a piece about Sean and. Yeah, so I mean, I love when people come back and play again. You see them uh, grow. You see them uh, in different ways, um, playing with a band, without a band. That was a discussion that came up too. Is like, do we have artists back? Maybe we want to have a different every time. But I kind of felt pretty strongly that like we're trying to build a community here. Uh, it's not just how good a show can we put on uh, and show you that we can find a whole new lineup of artists every time if we could. Um, but that like. If a band comes to play this and loves it so much that they want to come back and play for free, in Jordan's case, from Vancouver, you know, to come travel from Vancouver. David Keenan was coming from Ireland. Uh, Fair Hazel from London. Fair Hazel came from London. Uh, you know, Marcy Playground played a couple times ago, and they had such a great time. Dylan came back to the, the next one in April, and then they really wanted to play again. You know, that kind of enthusiasm, that says you're building... You know, a community. Wild Pink is coming back to play after playing yeah, last time. You know, yeah, uh, fantastic. I, I think that's the whole point, in a way, is to have people that want to come back, that want to be a part of it. Because as much as it is for you as an audience, and it is, you know, we it, we really want this to be special for you. Uh, we really want it to be special for the bands. You know, that that's the, in some ways just as important to me. And that that you know that we have these garden sessions that you see them and that they are kind of a band only environment where because we spend a lot of our time playing for people which is great and people appreciate us for what we do but we don't get often get a chance to sit around with people who really understand us who are just like us who also stayed inside when everyone else was outside doing something to write a song in our bedroom you know like there's a shared history that we've spent most of our lives pretty isolated from um and so, in, you know, one of the things that are really important in Underwater Sunshine to me is to recreate that for all of the musicians as well. So that it's not only just an experience for an audience to see great music, but it's an experience for musicians to be around other musicians and to really have a community that they can talk to, relate to, go on tour with, write songs with, whatever. You know, um, I, I have some, I don't do a lot of like, let's go duet on somebody's record except that i kind of do do a lot it's just all underwater sunshine and outlaw roadshow artists i really enjoy singing on my friends records i don't really want to make a career of like famous duets but i love singing on my friends records just uh, in the last i did sean's record last year and maria taylor's record this year and you know golden bloom the year before that and dave godowski and that's been just like oh chris a dashboard confessional it's been like i just i love singing with my friends 
And we were just with uh, Matt Susich earlier because Lily and uh, Kiyoshi, who produced it, Lily sings on it. And, you know, the, what Lily said was, I, he's my friend. The three of us singing together is the best thing in the world because we had to sing Matt's songs and Kiyoshi produces it and I sing it. And it's like, what what better expression of a friendship is there than actually making something together like that? And I've had 30 years of it, or 35 years of it with Immer, with the two of us making stuff together like that. Um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do. That's why, for me, bringing artists back is really important. It's just as important. Um, genres, though, I, I I wish we could have had... I'd like to have more other kinds of music, too, you know? One of the things we've really tried to concentrate is getting more women involved, because it can be easy to skip over that and, you know... It can be easy to miss it. You know, it's, uh, that was something that we really focused on as like keep reminding ourselves every day to look for that. You know, we spent days doing that, looking yeah. for women artists. Yeah. And we got a great one tonight in Kid Sister, Young Kids. Oh, yeah, fantastic. you're going to flip at these guys. They, you know, great personalities, too. Stumbled into them on YouTube a few months ago, and they're just doing their first, like, they've done solo records, but they're doing their first recordings as a band now, and like, they're fucking great. You know, uh, and they're young and they're amazing. You're gonna you're gonna flip out at them and pedal and so many other bands. And and the other thing too, real quick, is that in in the case of the Garden Sessions, which I've been lucky enough to to see back with Outlaw Roadshow when Adam and I first started working together, is there is great camaraderie. And the cool thing about coming to this festival is the bands will come and watch other bands, so they're out there with you guys in the audience. If you see a band that's kicking ass, you see them here. Tell them they're great, you know. Give them a high five, you know. Uh, they interact because that's what they're doing for the other bands. They're doing that. They're they're shaking their hand. They're giving them pointers. And I love that. That's the, and it, it it spills over from the garden sessions to the festival itself. And you guys are mixed in there too. So we've got a couple more minutes, and we've got two quick questions uh, stoop, here. Stoop, yes. Hey, thanks. Pretty simple. I saw Republican Hair on your podcast. It was amazing. Any chance they could ever make it here? Lucas doing a garden session this time. Republican Hair split up. Oh. Um, you know, and it, it, it's one of the things is that he's a solo artist, essentially, who is Republican hair, Luke Dick. And he um, so he has to hire a band at times, I guess. But it can be expensive, you know, and we don't pay really. Um, so he had a hard time with that. But he's in town because he, he's done a film. His new band is called I Am Steve. Yeah. And they're they're pretty cool. And he's done a film. And so he's up here promoting it for a film project. And I think he's coming to do a garden session. Uh, but I don't know about them playing. We've tried every time, but it was just it was. Prohibitively expensive for him to get up here Got and it. do it with the band. So we hope someday because we think he's great. Awesome. Yeah. And then the second one is how do you think about the next few series you want to do on the podcast? Like, what do you think about lining up after this other than garden sessions and the follow up with the bands that are playing now? We just kind of, you mean, what specifically are we doing? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't, well, we have some ideas. You know, we talked about doing something on Daniel Johnston. Uh, James really wanted to do that. And uh, I wanted to talk about this guy, Van Duren, um, who I just, my friend uh, David Leal Pepe, who's a singer for Gang of Youth, turned me on to this guy's music, and it's a great story too. So I really wanted to do that, but that just sort of comes up, you know. Just we get someone gets like a a yen to start like digging into something, and then it's just research hell. Yeah, and, I, I love the I love the Cars one. I had such a ball yeah. with that. Do you guys like that one? Because yeah. you you rediscover these songs. They are great songs, and I, and I think probably my favorite Roma is our punk one. I really like that one a lot. The punk, the fourth. I love that series too. Yeah. I, I like the background vocal ones we did. I, although I'm, yeah. I'm sort of out of. I, I only have a few left as far as like trying to dig up. Can you believe this? This one. <laughs> right. You know, I, you just get into this idea. One of us will suggest an idea, and then I will over research it, like to say the least. Like the Woodstock pages and pages and pages of it's research. Yes. Like, yes. 
the internet has ruined people like me because you will just I can I I just yeah it's it's stupid. Yeah, I just I blow shit much. out. Uh, did you guys have one more question? Same. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I was in the middle of vetting that question while <laughs> you were looking at me. Um, you were saying earlier, like the idea of how hard it's become, or harder it's become, to connect with an audience. What's the difference you've seen from when you started out being able to connect with an audience to now you're sliding into their DMs from the Counting Crows Instagram account? What's the difference? No, no I'm not sliding you... into my audience's DMs. No, 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 no but, you, but you get the idea. Like, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you how do you see the world changing from like where you used to connect with an audience to how you do now? Well, it, and then it's, add a second it, part too. Sorry, it's before. Just when I started, I think there was a time like I know growing up how much I loved going to concerts because uh, it, there was nothing on records like concerts except for live records. And you, you, I went to see people do it different. I went to see people be creative or play something new or do a obscure, weird cover that I knew that they were doing that was like, oh, wow, they're covering whatever, whoever it is, you know. Um, and, and that was a big part of it for me. Bands improvised and I don't mean just like on a jam band circuit I mean people were trying not like a whole long eight minute solo necessarily but maybe just like a different way of looking at the emotion of a verse you know or rewriting your song to be acoustic there was a lot of that and I think with the advent of MV MTV that really changed because the big thing about live music that's different than on record is you can see it and there was no way to see music played back then except for a few TV shows that didn't really do it that well a couple that did um, in, if you wanted to see Mick Jagger you had to go to a concert and the concert was different than the record and so you expected that in person that visual stuff was different and when MTV came along what they gave us and it was really cool was a visual representation of our music but it wasn't different because it's just the record playing you know and then we got used to seeing our artists and hearing the record we already knew we liked and what starts happening after that is the audience wants you to play it the way they know it. Like, I get that comment a lot. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean... Good. That, that's actually not true. The truth is, I do care because it really turned me off after a while. Is that I get this, like, why, aren't you, why are you ruining your song? Like, first of all, it's my song. <laughs> and I, but I, I do think it's a funny part of, like, Counting Crows. They're either the most creative band who are looking to like explore their songs every time differently or they just ruin that shit you know like god he fucked up Anna Begins again tonight that's terrible you know and because the truth is I have no idea what that record sounds like uh, that record in particular I have not listened to in 20 plus years and yeah, he wouldn't even listen to it when we were I love those songs I absolutely love those songs I love playing those songs like there's no part of me that doesn't want to play those songs in concert but I don't even know what they sound like on the record. So it's never going to happen. You know, like, there's no chance of... We were on, when we were on tour with, uh, with Rob Thomas, and he came on stage and sang... Uh, we were singing Rain King. And Rain King, I'm like, yeah. you just do the bridge. He's he like, can I sing the bridge? I'm like, take the bridge. He's midway through the bridge. He does this thing, and I turn to Immer, and I'm like, that's how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I forgot that shit completely. Um, and then I was like, oh, you know... I'm going to try that that way from now on for a little while. And I did. It's just this one line. And I was like, whoa, forgot about that was good. Originally, I could go back to that, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I do think that there's like a real resistance to that because an audience that used to be there for that 
is not there for that anymore. And that's part of the culture of how we listen to music because you used to listen to the radio, which didn't play what you wanted. It played what they wanted. And so you, you heard new stuff and you were used to that. Well, now you got Spotify, which is awesome because if you want to hear something, you can hear it. But you, don't hear you can only new. know you want to hear what you already know. You know, if you don't know it, you don't know that you want to hear it. So there's no discovery there. And so we got used to getting what we want that way too. So we expect certain songs or, you know, it, it's just a very different atmosphere as a musician for the way people come to what you're doing. It's, it's an, there's a certain expectation of service and an expectation of repetition of something you already did, all of which bores the shit out of me and depresses me. Now, it may not... I'm probably we have an audience here full of people who think that's the greatest thing in the world, but it's not the case in the rest of the world. And I understand that it's different for you guys. You know, probably if you're here, you're the kind of people who seek out independent music and want to hear a little improvisation. Yeah, clap for yourselves. Why not? Yeah, I've been patting myself on the back. I have a microphone to do it with. I, I guess um, my follow-up was in that, like you've we're obviously all here because we want to hear that. But how important do you think it is in the new world with a Spotify and and social media and all those things? For things like this to happen for independent music and how, how much they need that to kind of get through the din of everything else that they're competing with. Well, as always in the arts, you need, and this has been true for 10,000 years, in the arts you need everything. Everything you can get to help. Whatever it is. Because the truth is that most artists, look, we love Van Gogh. I mean, Van Gogh is great. What a great painter. Van Gogh is the ultimate independent artist. I don't think he sold a single painting his entire life. Some people have told me he sold one painting. So his career is like worse than big stars. You know, uh, and there's not even a comeback later in life with the posies or REM covering your songs. There's just shit life. Uh, you cut off an ear to get a date and then you're dead. You die. You know, I mean, that's, it's always been the same with art. You need all the help you can get. And you have to be willing to do it without getting any help. All these people that are playing tonight would do it anyways, whether we were here or not. Yeah. That we're here is great. But, you know. And, and I just want to add, too, seeing live music, thank you guys for being here uh, again. Seeing live music is, is the lifeblood. It always has been, but especially now. Because it's tougher to make money in the music business unless you go on the road and you play. But that's good, too, because then you're out there playing and people are coming to see you and they get to see a band that can you know, do what Counting Crows does so well or other bands that can just give you something unique that night. You know, Sean's going to come up here and play in a few minutes, and I guarantee you that it's not going to be what you expect, and it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be something that's just going to be tonight. And that only happens if you go out and see live music. I was, I was just going to say that... Uh And I was just going to say something that I forgot. <laughs> um, you know, go out there and support music. Support live music. Tell your friends about it. Um, the musicians are going to do it anyways. Without support, with support, they're going to go play music for a while until they can't or feel like they have to grow up or do something differently. But all the artists are going to do it anyways. It's just so much better with all of you. Like, it's so much better with all of you there. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. If you're ever wondering why a band doesn't come to your country, it's, it's only because the promoter didn't ask them. I guarantee you this. Every band would go everywhere in the world if they could, but we can only go places where the promoters want us to come. And it's, I, I just I know this, so I don't get asked this question 50 times tonight about wherever you are that we don't come to. It's only one reason why bands don't come, and it's because someone who is paying them, who would pay them to do it doesn't think it's worth the money, which happens sometimes because the promoter's got to like survive too as a business. Um, 
I don't know how to change that. Probably there isn't any way. <laughs> um, but you can see it here tonight. So if you came all the way from somewhere, that is very cool, too. Yeah, and I met a lot of people who have traveled from Minnesota and Connecticut and Brazil. California and Brazil. And yeah. I met Brazil and Chicago. Thank you, guys. If you could all just really quickly say where you're from right now. Go. Okay, it's done. That was it. That was your chance. Fantastic. That was your chance. If you didn't hear it, it's over. It was yeah. live. That's it. That's thank a, you nonetheless. I want, and I, for those of you who've been here, for, I, I do want to thank you, too, because uh, I, I know this will run out eventually, but being at the Outlaw Roadshow and the Underwater Sunshine Festival has been a chance for me to be a music fan and be normal. And I know it's a pain if you want them, but you know, there's, I don't have to take pictures, really. I don't have to do the autograph. I've been able to be a normal person in a crowd for years at these festivals. Uh, and that's the greatest thing for me because I, I used to be a guy who went to clubs and saw bands and it got really hard and I chopped off, I nearly chopped off my head trying to get back to where I could do it recently. Uh, instead, I just got all the hair. Um, <laughs> but thank you for that. It, we kind of do have to stop, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, we I, I timed this perfectly. I don't know why I asked the question. Fantastic. So uh, on behalf of all of us, really... We thank you so much for coming out early tonight, for coming out every time, for listening to music and loving these bands. Uh, music's really killer, and it's, it's not, it wasn't better then. It's always great now. Whatever the now is, music is always incredible. You just may or may not have to look harder for it. And tonight, now is a time when you, if you want to find something new, you got to look for it. Although I will say there are some wondrous things and opportunities in designing your own Pandora radio station. Find some indie bands that you hear tonight and try and start a Pandora station with some of those bands because it will introduce you to other new bands and other new bands. And, and you can curate the perfect station on there. It's a great game to play with yourself about how can I make a station that plays the coolest possible variety of bizarre music and introduces you to new music. Tell us you know, your radio station names. Oh, I, I have awesome Fuck Yeah Radio, which is one. I have, I, have, I have two great radio stations. One is called... Uh, Big Star and Guitars. Oh, uh, yeah. Bitchin' Big Stars and Guitars. And one is called Awesome Fuck Yeah Radio. And they are both great, great. One is uh, a little more pixie slanted and a little more heavier guitar than the other. They're, they they play country, independent rock, uh, folk, hip-hop music with guitars sometimes. And it's awesome. Uh, oh, I have a Christmas one, too, called... Wait, hang on one second. I did yeah, because this name is magnificent. It's while, like he's, <laughs> while he's looking, I want to say this before we get kicked off. Uh, thank you guys for sharing with me uh, how you listen to the podcast, how it keeps you company, uh, how it helps your commutes, how you've learned new music. Thank you for sharing that stuff with me on Instagram and, and, and Twitter. I don't get a chance to talk to everybody individually, but I love hearing that. Because when we're doing it, it's just us across from each other in, in a living room, and I never – I say one thing and someone comes up to me months later and says, that thing you said about blah, blah, blah. I love that because I forget I even said it. It's just To me, I feel very intimate just talking about it, but then when I hear it back, it's out there in the ether, and I love that. So thank you guys for that. Yeah. My it's fucked fun. up Jewish Christmas radio. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... Build your own. Yeah. Get out there and do it. Build your own, find some great music, and then... Uh, Tell them to come play Underwater Sunshine. Thank That's you so right, much. Yeah. Peace. Two seconds. We'll be right back with Sean Barna and uh, whatever Sean Barna's band name is called. <laughs>